Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. So hello and welcome to the China Shop. I'm shopkeeper Discount Dan, and with me as always is Kyle, creator of financialineptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing good. <laughs> Discount Dan, huh? Yeah, exactly. I, I was like, I was thinking Danthony, but uh, I like Discount Dan better. Yeah, I, was, I, I can't pronounce that. I, I struggle with my own name, let alone <laughs> changing it up. So. Although Discount Dan suggests that you're you're not as good as Dan, and I don't know that Dan would disagree or agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe I'm just coming in to take over. We'll see. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Uh, all right. That's what I was afraid <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I came back. I had to check my chair, take it back from George. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, George is good as well. I'm actually talking with him next week, which is exciting. Are you? Oh, I love having George on. Yeah. So look, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I'm Dan's trying- in Ireland, isn't he? He's getting yes. drunk. Yes. <laughs> 24-7. <laughs> are you going to head up there and try to find him? Yeah, well, I've already heard a few things coming. <laughs> we'll see. All right, sorry, Dan. <laughs> All right, you excited? Yeah, but I'm so excited. Thanks for having. I'm, I, I, as I said before, I'm surprised you invited me back, and now you've invited me back for a third time. So, <laughs> is this third or fourth now? I, oh, it's actually fourth. Yeah, far out. You, you're suckers for punishment. Ah, oh, no, no, no. You're fun. <laughs> we like having you on. Oh, thanks. The listeners, on the other, other hand, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'll tell you when we get the numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, hmm, why they keep going down? <laughs> Discount down. God damn it. But uh, anyway, yeah, let, let's get into it. So everyone, come on into the shop with us today as we sit back, relax, and hedge against the rage machine. Uh, it's definitely been raging this week with the market. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> crazy times. But uh, welcome to any new listeners just joining us. We're here to smash our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut your losses. We, we, I think you might have to start changing it to uh, two bears in the china shop. I don't know. What um, I was actually trying to decide whether or not I should uh, edit the image for the cover art to have the bulls with their necks slit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I was just suggesting bears, not not really. The bulls seem dead right now. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's like, put me out of my misery. I've had enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, sorry, I've, I've come in and already trying to change things. <laughs> I'm taking over. Classic podcast, I hope. Right. Uh, but yeah, if, if, you, if you're new to the shop, uh, you're probably like, who the hell is this guy? But anyway, uh, and, and stop trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialineptitude.com, or you can give one of our many beginner trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those in links in the episode description. Uh, they're with Real Dan as well. Um, yes. So, yes. <laughs> you're like, thank God for that. Uh, but the. I'm going to have to call him Real Dan from now on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Real Dan, discount Dan. Love it. Uh, so, but the best place to find everyone is in the Discord server uh, where Carl and Dan they get on there every day and it's just a really awesome place to be. 
though I have noticed that Dan's been slacking apparently <laughs> and he's uh, just too cool for school. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure you can uh, guess who who maybe uh, <laughs> suggested I say that. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the, the, the real Dan. Uh, but yeah, but obviously I can. As we've been talking about, I'm here to replace Dan. So real Dan, you can stay in Ireland. No, no stress about it. Oh man, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's a free Discord server, and there aren't any pay tiers or special access areas because. Fuck that shite. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> no one wants to pay for it. And then you pay and you're like, this is no better than free stuff. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> we all have regrets. So we all get the regrets. I've, I've had them. Well, you pay for a course and you're like, what is this shit? I could get this on YouTube. Except for right. maybe some that we're going to mention. Except for the free merch. Yeah. If you message, a private message either Dan or Kyle, they'll actually send you free merch. So it could be some swag uh, straight from the shop. So we're glad you're here. We have a lot of fun and it's always better with friends. Kyle, do we have any show news to report? Yes. Uh, we just finished speaking with Cody Willard, a former CNN and Fox anchor, hedge fund manager, and the founder of the Skydal cryptocurrency. So that episode will be coming out on May 4th. And I believe there's still time to get onto their website and sign up for the free airdrop. Well, that's cool. Uh, after that, we have Matthew Morawski, a financial advisor at Goodstein Wealth Management. Uh, then Flip Jameson will be there the week after that to talk about commercial real estate. If anybody wants to submit any questions for the upcoming guests, we do have a channel in that Discord dedicated just for that. And I need to update that with some of the uh, rest of the guests. I mean, I think we're booked through into July now. I just started taking bookings for July. Schedule is getting fat. What do you got coming up for your show? Yeah, I've got a few interesting ones. As I mentioned, I talked to George. Uh, I'm talking to George Papasov next week, so that should be up next Wednesday. Nice. I recently talked to a guy called Tavi Costa, who's like uh, a portfolio manager at a hedge fund, and they look at commodities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's sort of looking at precious metals, and he's investing in quite a few miners. I also graduation hopefully yeah hopefully i gotta get I've, I've got like four exams in one week coming up so that's not gonna be <laughs> fun that should be studying for but uh yeah graduation i've got a job as well afterwards which would be interesting ah excited for that to tell us uh what you what you learned when you start there yeah exactly so we'll see what happens i, I send us their trading orientation material if it's got good trading information yeah i'll, I'll send you all the inside information excellent <laughs> that can't go wrong can it <laughs> right <laughs> okay nobody wrong. will expect us to do it over here exactly Exactly. They'll be looking at your London friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or whatever there. Yes, I got this guy, uh, Nick Timorayos, uh, mm-hmm. who's he's actually the author of The Trillion Dollar Triage, which is a book that uh, Warren Buffett actually recently mentioned in his interview, saying he enjoyed mm. it. Uh, and he's the chief economist correspondent at the Wall Street Journal. So I'll be talking to him. And another guy called Brian Feroldi, who's quite well known on YouTube, and he does a lot about sort of personal finance as well as stock picking uh and nice oh, yeah, yeah you so, got some good guests coming up too yeah it's exciting times eh? exciting times for everyone you can all listen to our episodes what the finance yeah what the finance wt finance Ch- check us out if you like me uh if not then you can just dislike all my <laughs> videos <laughs> <laughs> click them twice if you don't like them yeah exactly it, it still counts it still helps the algorithm <laughs> there you go <laughs> Yep, awesome. So we've got lots of market moving news, especially this week. <laughs> plenty of stocks on the radar, plenty of earnings and more options. Uh, then the eighth bean in a seven bean salad. There's like seven other beans to shag. <laughs> Sounds like a bean orgy joke, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> this is what I this is what I come here to do. <laughs> bean orgy jokes. <laughs> it's my specialty, I'm sorry. <laughs> right.
So reach out to us. We love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook on our Discord. The link is in the episode description. Or if you're in old school, just send an email to twobulls at financialineptitude.com. That's the number two. Ah, yeah. Or you can give us a call to 725-22-BULLS, B-U-L-L-S. Yes. Very exciting. I'm going to have to start pranking calling that. So uh, maybe you've got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Maybe you uh, are stuck in the outback in Australia and you come across Mel Gibson. Who knows? <laughs> it, could, it could happen maybe 30 years ago, uh, but it doesn't matter. We love to hear it when you reach out. Uh, and we'd, we'd be very impressed if that happens. I got I to gotta ask you a question then, since I got the Australian here and we're talking about Road Warrior. Okay. <laughs> How much time actually passed between the first movie and the second and third ones? I'm pretty sure they're within like days, aren't they? <laughs> That's what it seemed like. But in the second one, it's like he's in the middle of a nuclear holocaust. And the first one, like there's still people in towns and law. But then you get to the third movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and like he meets those kids that are like uh, survivors of a plane crash. And they're acting like it's been 20 years talking about the long, long ago. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Mel Gibson looks the same. <laughs> like, how long is this? How long is this arc? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was just my, uh, a few days, but yeah, <laughs> as you said, it's just like, it doesn't make sense. It seems like it's been, yeah, like a long, long time. To be fair though, to be fair, it's pretty, it does take quite a while to, to drive <laughs> across Australia. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it was just driving and it took him right, that long. Right. <laughs> That's true. Oh, can we, all right. Do we have to do the bet? Can we just say that Dan won? Oh, no, we got to do it. You got to. Right, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll take all the credit for, for Dan this week. <laughs> if, if you insist, I'll take it. I did so much. Well, there was a discussion over whether or not you should get to uh, issue the consequences to me for Dan winning, but Dan waited so long for that. I think that'd be cruel to him. <laughs> it's been a while since he's won. <laughs> <laughs> well, w- what type of consequences? What's the? What can I do? Uh, I mean, really, the sky's the limit. Just nothing that's. Not that I'll get anybody in trouble, really. Okay, so nothing illegal, but other than that... Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I tried to go along Bed Bath & Beyond because I was so far behind, I needed a meme stock to really take me up. Uh, If I had shorted that, I probably would have gotten pretty close to the lead, but I did not. Bed Bath & Beyond opened at 1683, finished at 1363, which takes me down to uh, $393.58. Didn't they stop trading... Beds, Bath and Beyond this week um, because they, there's like a potential buyout of a part of the company. There was. Uh, that was the previous week. Oh, sorry. That's why I grabbed them, hoping that maybe some news from that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> it did not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just went down. Dan tried to go long SPXL. Uh, it opened at 97, 93, and I think it hit a stop like day one. But because he's so far in the lead, doesn't matter. He finishes the month at $593.23. And random, that son of a bitch, picked Reliance Steel and Aluminum. They opened at 190.11, closed at 198.04, which took random uh, basically flat for the month. Uh, it finishes at $500.08. And that pick that it had too was actually up at 207 today, I think, before it came back down uh, on the sell off at the end of the day. Oh, wow. You know what this shows you? Well, uh, yeah, random chance is uh, the way to go. <laughs> we should just throw darts at a dartboard. <laughs> Why are we wasting all that time? <laughs> the worst thing too is that random usually goes long. Like, how is random going long on these fucking crazy bearish weeks and still getting winners? Yeah, it's getting all the value companies with the commodities, which are going up like crazy. It's insanity. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Dan. Uh, when Dan gets back, uh, he'll he'll have to issue some consequences. I think. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not. 
he's had a long time to stew on him. Oh, really? So he's been thinking hard. Yes. Yes, he has. <laughs> what would be your worst nightmare? What would be like the worst thing he could suggest for you? I'm not saying that until he gets back and says him. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm for that trick. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's an example of one that's happened before, maybe? I sent Dan the uh, bunny suit from Christmas Carol and made him dress up with it for Christmas <laughs> and take a picture. <laughs> Wow, this is great. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what Dan is. He's got like a lot of pent up revenge. It's like <laughs> I made Dan watch The Room with me once too. That was a pretty good one. One of the worst movies ever made. Oh, that's good. He, he, he did not enjoy yeah. it as much as I did. <laughs> yeah. No, I love The Room. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right. But yeah, so uh, it's time to talk about the... Oh, we've already talked yeah, about let's that. Talk about <laughs> the news. Let's get a song. Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skip-de-tools trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill, no they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, Dan. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? Let's talk about the news. So we've got uh, Biden's new world with GDP going down uh, in the US. So there's employment costs increasing with inflation. Russia threatening to cut off natural gas, and they already have in some countries. Uh, there's also been an oil winning streak uh, from past highs. And we're also going to talk about our friends over in China. So Kyle, over to you. Let's start with the, the GDP. Because uh, I think that, that kind of started this sell-off, didn't it? The GDP declining. Uh, there was a little bit of a rally to start with it because I think some people were maybe expecting the Fed to pivot dovish uh, because the GDP started to fall. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it may. It could potentially happen because obviously, if uh, next quarter, if we if the GDP drops again, then you're sort of in a technical recession, uh, which is not what they really want going into an election. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you get two uh, sort of decreasing GDPs quarter over quarter, then that's a technical recession. And if it's four, it's a depression. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But, uh, but yeah, so for anyone who didn't know, the US GDP, uh, and I think it's just an estimate at the moment, but it fell uh, by 1.4% sort of over an annualized basis. So it was like 0.35% uh, for the quarter, mm-hmm. uh, which was quite surprising. They sort of were expecting it to grow by at least sort of half percent so i think they were quite surprised uh obviously inflation and other stuff involved as well i was gonna say it looks like uh ian shepherdson the chief economist at pantheon Mike macroeconomics uh he he seems to be of the opinion that it's noise not signal really yeah i, I don't know why 1.4 is a pretty big amount when you're talking about the gdp yeah especially if it's like uh annualized for a year and i think i think the thing as well is like the Fed are obviously cutting, oh, they're putting up interest rates extremely aggressively. They're looking to reduce the balance sheet. Right. All these things are happening. You normally want to do that when it's going into a growing economy and things are strong. 
but obviously <laughs> that's that would make sense yeah but <laughs> we know the fed don't do what makes sense they just do what they want and uh i think it just shows that really they've sort of six to 12 months late in this whole process and now they're trying to catch up and they've i think that's exactly what happened i think they sat on their hands too long and then now they just back themselves into a corner and they really have no choice at this point with inflation where it's at yeah, but but then you think about it, like what, what's this, what's causing the inflation? It's really supply chain issues. Obviously, lockdowns in China, the Shanghai ports closed. There's like mm-hmm. four or five hundred massive boats waiting off the coast that can't actually deliver <laughs> or pick up products. Like, <laughs> right? All interest, all increasing interest rates is going to do is really just destroy demand and make people because make people spend more on debt rather than actually spending it. So you know, I understand what they where they're coming mm-hmm. from because people fear it, but. I don't think it'll be good for the economy, as we've seen. Do you think there's any chance they do pivot? Well, if, if I sort of look at it from what the Fed are meant to do, their sort of main goals are sort of price stability and employment. So I guess the mm-hmm. thing is that because employment's quite high at the moment, you know, there's not much unemployment and they're probably not going to worry too much about the GDP numbers. Uh, they're probably going to focus more on, you know, trying to taper inflation and if we do see unemployment sort of rise, then maybe they might be a bit more concerned. They might go more dovish. But yeah, and I think especially coming up to an election midterms. That's the one that I look at. Like, I, I feel like this is just Biden basically saying that I don't give a shit about being president next next term. <laughs> if he remembers what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can say that I'm not from the US. Yeah, you can. <laughs> We've all thought it. Yeah, exactly. He's a bit confused. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that, well, they've tried to pivot like with a lot of the stuff. And obviously they mentioned um, forgiveness of student debt and all these things. So I think they are a bit worried about it all. You mentioned uh, employment costs. And there was something that I saw that caught my eye about the employment costs surging, which is stoking more inflation concerns. That's interesting. Trying to find the actual numbers here the employment cost index which is a broad gauge of wages and benefits advanced 1.4 percent in the first quarter which is the largest advance in comparable data back to early 2000s and it also followed a one percent advance seen in the final months of 2021 wow that's huge because of this report expectations for a 75 point basis rate increase at the fed's june meeting has climbed after the release wow could you imagine so if they did two 75 point basis rates we'd be at two percent interest rates in two months <laughs> if you can believe that oh my god that's crazy when you think of it like that <laughs> literally like just straight to two percent may i think is i think powell has already come out and basically said that may is going to be half a point and i think there's been some other fed members uh, that we've we've heard speak that don't support a 75 uh, 75 bip increase yet but i don't think that's not off the table for you know uh further along it's just probably not going to happen uh next week yeah i think it's just the, the how fast they're going they're literally trying to <laughs> increase it as quickly as possible until something breaks <laughs> and then they're gonna like push it right and then they're gonna cut cut back again <laughs> part of this is saying that wages for salaries uh wages and salaries for civilian workers are up 4.7 percent from a year earlier which is also the most on record uh, but they're still not keeping up with inflation <laughs> Yeah, and that's the issue. And then like um, I've seen over here, like even looking for jobs, they're offering like thousands of dollars upfront as like a one-off payment to try and get people into work. And I'm not sure how it works in the US, but yeah, I'm I'm guessing, you know, they're probably trying to do whatever they can, but increase the hourly wage. Because if you think about it, all those benefits are one-off, whereas the hourly wage is forever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Bloomberg is quoted in here too saying, 
if productivity growth does not pick up and wage growth does not slow down, the Fed will likely need to hike by more than the 300 basis points the markets are currently priced in. So the markets are currently expecting 300, according to Bloomberg. Do you think markets have priced it in, though, <laughs> since we've seen this massive like <laughs> drop-off? I think this uh, drop-off means that they're, maybe they're expecting more now at this point. Yeah, because if you look at a lot of the companies, like there's so many zombie companies that have so much debt, and this increase in interest rates is going to actually make their debt so much more expensive. <laughs> so like, are they going to be able to survive, especially like a lot of the non-profitable tech companies, or, you know, even some of the older manufacturing companies that have really just survived because of low cost of debt. <laughs> so right. I guess that's concerning. It's like when, when you get like a massive, or like one of those companies that sort of struggle to pay their interest or struggle to, you know, might have to go into bankruptcy, then there'll be like a bit of concern, I think. Right. And bankruptcy is always fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless you hurt, then you can just uh, <laughs> make lots of money off it. <laughs> no, they, they uh, I think that got struck down. They tried to do it, but the judge is like, what the fuck are you Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They're trying to issue shares on the, the price spike when they're in, in bankruptcy. <laughs> I love it. Why not? What else we got for stories? Uh, so I think we're talking about Russia as well. What did they do now? They haven't invaded somebody else, have they? No, not yet. Well, they are looking at the parts of Moldova, which isn't fun. But I heard that. Yeah, it, it's pretty interesting now because they're like a breakaway of Moldova and they've basically pretended that the Soviet Union didn't <laughs> fall apart and they've sort of treated it like the Soviet uh. Union. It's 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 weird. Uh, but yeah, obviously you mentioned, uh, unfortunately, Russia's in Ukraine and they've also decided to cut off natural gas to both bulgaria and poland because what they want is rather than being paid in euros which their contract says they want to be paid in rubles because obviously they've with with all the sanctions they can't actually spend (laughs) they can't spend the euros if they even if they pay them so they're like not pay me in rubles uh poland and bulgaria refuse to do that so they have had their gas cut off (laughs) that's kind of a fucked up thing right we're gonna pay you in a currency that you can't spend what do you mean like paying the russians in the currency or no i I mean yeah like the people trying to get they're they're trying to get supplied gas from russia and then they're trying to dictate the terms to russia like okay yeah send us your stuff and we're gonna pay you in this thing that you can't use yeah yeah i know It, it is a bit weird but um sort of basically what's happened is they've Russia's like, okay, you open a bank account with like Gazprom Bank, put your euros in, and then they'll mm-hmm. transfer it to you f- for rubles. So they don't even really have to buy it, like transfers it to rubles, but Bulgaria and Poland right. are like, nope. Uh, and now, <laughs> and they had their gas cut off. But I think what's what this was meant to do, because obviously they're, they are big countries and they're important, but they're not like the biggest, they're not like a Germany or a France or Italy. So I think what it looks mm-hmm. like is German companies and Austrian companies at the moment have decided to go ahead with what Russia wants because they need the gas. Like it provides like 20 to 30% of Germany's whole energy production. Well, actually, that's actually down now. In the last few days, I think Germany is now reporting that they only import about 12% of its oil from Russia. Yeah, that might be oil, not gas. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the thing is like all these different, <laughs> they, they rely on so many commodities. And like basically all the commodities come from Russia. But, but yeah, so that's, um, that's important, I guess, looking, if you're looking into Europe and, you know, could this potentially impact growth over there? Could this mean that energy goes up all across the world? Because I know the US is exporting gas to Europe as well. But I think you're also mentioning oil and you mentioned it then. Yes. It's kind of the same thing. Like the threats of a oil embargo has actually been causing futures of oil prices to go up quite significantly, actually. I think they're looking at like a 6.2% gain for April at the time of this story, which I think was this morning. 
Oil was trading around uh, over $1.06 a barrel. Most of the uptick they're saying is attributable to the increased probability of an EU oil embargo against Russia now that Germany has stopped opposing that measure. But that's what I was saying about the Germany importing less oil now. They're only getting about 12%. So that change in stance is basically because they've managed to cut back on their dependence. Yeah, definitely. It's I don't know how they're going to do it though, because I think the whole of Europe is like, 20 get 20 percent of their oil from russia so it's like well i know the u.s was trying to to fill some of that gap and i know that we released a lot of our strategic reserves to try to combat these rising oil prices but i mean it's already right back up yeah it doesn't didn't help too on its way back up since we've done that (laughs) and and those the the release of those reserves was something that's supposed to be like you know every month and not like a one-time thing either so prices are still going up like that's not that's not good for people who want to, you know, drive. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just the, like, I've sort of talked to a few people and they're just saying that, like, the past few years has been so much underinvestment in fossil fuels because of the greed agenda, uh, you know, the, there's climate change issues and there's 2020 when it went below zero. So now there's, like, you can't really <laughs> ramp up, <laughs> as you do, it just casually goes to <laughs> negative, like, 100 or whatever. But, um, yeah, like, they can't actually ramp up the supply of, of it. So, that, that's the risk going forward. It's like there's going to be these highest demands. Not everyone's going to want to get oil from Russia or maybe even Iran or Venezuela or all these countries that have it. So mm-hmm. they're all going to be fighting over this finite resource. That's I've always said that we're better off using everybody else's oil first. Might as well save ours for you know when it runs out. <laughs> yeah, you reckon? <laughs> I, I kind of thought that was our strategy with you know depending on the Middle East for so long. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so, because the issue with that is obviously if if they just cut it off one day, then you're screwed. Like you can't just easily ramp right. it up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah, I guess. But as, as you said, I, I think the US don't have that much reserve left. But who knows? We'll see. I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was a pretty good amount. Yeah, definitely. And I think we um we were talking before about like how China they're in lockdown as well, and that could, that's maybe ease the costs of oil because obviously their demand is not going to be as high. Ah. Uh. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think you mentioned something as well about sort of in China, how they're looking to regulate. Yeah, I saw that um, they're actually sitting down with American regulators and trying to work out a deal to allow on-site audit inspections of the companies. This is be- like we've been talking a lot about the threat of delisting of these companies uh, for the last y- couple of years, I think. So we got to be getting close to that three-year limit that they were giving these Chinese companies to be compliant. After we talked to Harold, he was kind of the opinion that these Chinese companies would probably end up pulling themselves off the U.S. markets and then trying to go back to like Hong Kong or Beijing indexes. At least for now, this looks like maybe they're uh, maybe they're trying to stay on our on the U.S. exchanges. Yeah, I think so. Well, it, it's such a unique place, and he probably told you like, and I think I mentioned this before, like Hong Kong's like its own place, and then. China, mainland China, it's like quite hard for most people to invest there unless you're in the indexes. Like, <laughs> right. so yeah, but I think, oh, have you heard about the coffee company recently? It's like Lucan, the one that, oh, yeah, Lucking is Lucky Coffee or Lucking. Is that the one that basically caused the problem? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what kind of basically led to this whole thing. Exactly. Because they like faked all this <laughs> profit <laughs> as you do. And then <laughs> and it crashed. Yeah. So as you said, that may, that caused that. And I guess their regulatory framework isn't as strong as other countries. But yeah. I have a hard time investing in Chinese companies anyway, not just because of what happened with Loken, but also, you know, if a CEO comes out and says something disparaging about the, the government of China, they can suddenly just scuttle massive billion dollar IPOs. Yeah. Jack Ma's still hit. Where, where is he? Where, where's Jack yeah. Ma? Can you tell us? <laughs> Has anyone seen him? 
So yeah, I, I try to I try to stay out of those for you know long term. I don't mind swinging them or real you know short term plays, but it's just too much that can happen there. Too many unknowns. Yeah, I agree. I'd say if you were to do it, you definitely want it to be a small section of your portfolio, <laughs> just in case. Because yeah, because like Alibaba, like a massive company, has gone down what like by 80 percent, similar to ten cents. So I bought that when it actually IPO'd. Back in, uh, God, I don't remember how many years ago that was. I took the day off of work just so I could oh, trade wow. it. And, now it. and I only finally sold it in the last couple of years. That's pretty good though. Did you sell it before it went back below its IPO price? I sold it over 200. Oh, yeah. I sold it over 200. I was quite happy. That's a good return. Well, now we've seen Twitter obviously go below its IPO price and then all these other companies. It's crazy what we've seen recently. <laughs> Twitter, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, Twitter. We'll get to Twitter here in a bit, yes. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Should we get to the ad or anything else to say? Or You want to do a funky segue to get to Sue? Oh, yeah. Speaking of Chinese company? No, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just go ahead. You can jump into it. <laughs> Speaking of an increase in interest rates, we're going to... <laughs> <laughs> no anyway get those uh, refis in exactly you got to get in quick before it keeps going up so uh two bills in the china shop is proudly brought to you by sue palin uh pullen sorry at fair yes shall we start that, <laughs> Palin. We start that? <laughs> Sarah, palin. Sarah palin yeah yeah two bills in the china shop is proudly brought to you by sue pullen at fairway independent mortgage an equal housing lender so sue pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right products for you and your needs she has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners whether it's purchasing refinancing or even a reverse mortgage i don't know what they are but okay <laughs> i'm sure they're great oh. uh, <laughs> don't be careful she'll jump in on the call yeah sorry <laughs> she did last time dan talked shit about reverse mortgages oh really oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> i don't we have, i don't think we have them in the uk but yeah please don't attack me sue uh so but she'll help as as they said she'll tell you what's happening uh she's licensed in 27 states so reach out and see what sue can do for you the best way to reach her is to give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email at s Pullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has MLS number 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. And speaking of... No, that doesn't. There's no. Never mind. <laughs> Two Bulls at a China Shop is also proud to be affiliated with the Trade Pro Academy. Trade Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Translation, learn to trade like the big institutions. They have a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders, and there's no better place that we found to learn everything you need to know to be a successful trader. And we know that because we've spoken to just about all of them. Um, you can find them online at tradeproacademy.com, or you can use our affiliate link in the episode description. It's a great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. And uh, when you talk to George next week, be sure you do not tell him that he gave us a 10% discount code <laughs> to share with our listeners because he uh, he has said multiple times that he never discounts his product. Oh, really? Oh, no. no we managed to sneak one by him and I don't want him finding out anytime soon. <laughs> okay, I won't mention it. <laughs> what, you're saying he doesn't listen to the podcast? What? 
Uh, I'm hoping he hasn't picked up on that and just skips the ads. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> like everyone does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Except for these ones. Uh, but yeah, so on, on to the next one. So the awesome Flurry and Leo. And those, those are some pretty cool names, not going to lie. Uh, but they're from Orderflow Labs. Uh, they're kind enough to share their toolkit for trading futures on Sierra Charts with us. And they have some amazing custom shooties. Studies. <laughs> so, fuck. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Studios. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. For structure and execution, uh, from buy and sell zones to exhaustion, absorption detectors, and everyone's favorite reconstruction, oh, reconstructed tape, they have something for everyone. They're constantly adding and testing new studies, and they offer a lot of support to help use their tools. If you're trading futures, check them out at orderflowlabs.com. <laughs> and also keep listening. We should be recording a first episode of our series, uh, Learning to Trade with Orderflow Labs, coming up uh, at the end of this month. That's awesome. Are you going to teach some people how to trade? I'm hoping they teach me how to trade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody can follow along on that journey. Yeah, maybe. Start start from the basics. We need a story about random. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> How he became such a great trader. Random has his own Twitter now. <laughs> yeah. He'll be famous soon. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way of the world, no matter how you try. Uh, so, right. as Random's been doing so well with his stock picking, let's talk about some stocks. Excellent segue. Stock time! Now it's talk about stocks time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that was saying it's still not advice. Stop, stop. Please don't sue us. What do you want to start? We want to start with Amazon or uh, Twitter? Oh. <laughs> Both pretty juicy at the moment. Maybe Amazon. Everyone's been talking about Twitter. <laughs> All right. Amazon uh, is basically in the gutter right now. They got murdered on their earnings report that came out, I guess it'd be Thursday. They reported a loss of $3.84 billion, or uh, $7.56 a share for that quarter. I think the expectation was somewhere around uh, like $8 a share. Most of this loss, though, was because of their investment in Rivian, electric car company that we've kind of shit on in the past after they tried to raise prices for all the people that have been sitting around <laughs> waiting patiently for their cars. <laughs> but the crazy thing is that even... If that loss wasn't on their books, they still would have missed earnings. It wasn't even it wasn't even cost, was it? It was just reduced revenues from what I saw. Um, I mean, they think it's the the pandemic and the war in Ukraine brought unusual growth challenges. Today, they're no longer chasing physical or staffing capacity. Teams are squarely focused on improving productivity and cost efficiencies. It could be as well because it looks like they've halted to Russia shipments to Russia and cut off Prime over there. So I'm guessing that might have done something. And. They've also increased their uh, Prime membership too, which they better learn from Netflix because if they keep trying to ramp up costs and, and not continue to, to work on their product, then they're going to be in just as much trouble. Well, I mean, I guess they already are, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the price, <laughs> which, speaking of which, let's pull up that chart. It's gone down by about 8% today, I think. Uh, let's see. Uh, they're down 14% today. Wow. That's today. So yeah, I had a pretty strong support at 2700 and it looked like it tried to hold that going into earnings. Oh, they reported after hours. That's right. Yeah. So they bounced up in anticipation of that, but then they just freaking gapped down, ended up closing the week below 2,500, which is nuts. If I'm looking at the structure here, I mean, maybe there's a support somewhere around 2430. Uh, if that fails, then oof, man, 
there's not a whole lot to hold this thing up if it doesn't catch around 2300 until you get down to like 2000. Another crazy thing I've just seen is that it's just broken below the weekly 200 EMA for the first time since 2008. The weekly EMA, you said? Weekly 200 EMA. Uh, back then it was trading at $31. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. That is insane. Yeah. I think it just goes to show that obviously it's just so many companies that occur. Obviously, Apple did very well the other day, but I think it's just the market, isn't it? They've got a split coming up too. I think a 20 for one split. And we were really excited for, for that to happen because that means that this should actually be somewhat affordable now. So instead of paying $5,000 for a far out the money contract, actually afford to try to trade this. But if you're looking at it, I'd be looking at puts at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's just a, as I said, a symptom of the markets and what's happening. But to be fair, it's like... To be fair. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> be sure to be sure. <laughs> I, I think their um, AWS is really what's holding it up and their profits. You, you look at that company, it's just a beast. Like their, their revenues are still mm-hmm. growing at 30%. So I, I think it's really started to become more of a technology company than the Amazon we all know of delivering products and stuff <laughs> because even though that's like you know high revenues it doesn't have much mar- very high margins at all compared to aws mm. you say that you think they're becoming more of a tech company you said yeah well i don't know if you know they like uh so netflix is hosted on like aws so amazon web service oh no i did not know that yeah oh. so basically but basically they're like uh the cloud computing so they basically manage most cloud computing in the world like 30 percent of it i think uh so they have a, a massive data center uh presence and exactly so like i don't know if, i think disney and uh and netflix and basically all the massive companies host on they used to be all on okay. amazon and now they've sort of google and microsoft have come in and taken some of the share yeah. but they're still the biggest at the moment i used to build those data centers or help commission them oh really glad i don't do that anymore <laughs> a bit complex <laughs> <laughs> no just i don't like being a contractor oh yeah i can imagine <laughs> yeah you don't you don't get treated nearly as well as you do as when you're an actual employee oh i could imagine so true do this do that stop sucking <laughs> <laughs> we want you to wear gloves even when you're typing at a computer <laughs> what it's retarded take that i don't shot. care you're a contractor do it <laughs> <laughs> really that's so ridiculous yeah, it's stupid shit like that. Yeah. Anyway. They don't let you look at the charts either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> so Twitter, I think, is next, is it? Twitter, yes. Uh, they've been in the headlines after Musk and the board did agree to the buyout. But the story that I wanted to talk about was, <laughs> was how Musk has apparently already broken his agreement. And it's like less than a day into it. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> he made it a few hours. <laughs> pretty like, good for him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> So there's there were specific terms in the merger that was signed that says that Musk was not supposed to tweet any disparaging comments of Twitter or any of its representatives. Twitter also was supposed to be able to pull out in case or not Twitter. Musk was supposed to be able to pull out if Twitter did something uh, stupid between now and when the deal closes. But yeah, so let's see. On the 26th, there was two separate tweets that could have been considered disparaging and it's not even the ones where he was talking about paying the board zero dollars when he gets <laughs> put in charge um, one of them was uh, the referencing a uh, story about hunter biden the laptop that uh, twitter banned oh damn uh, he said suspending the twitter account of a major news organization for publishing a truthful story was obviously incredibly inappropriate <laughs> Uh, And then he also alleged that Twitter lawyer Jim Baker, former FBI counsel, facilitated fraud, responded to a tweet by saying that sounds pretty bad. Didn't he say as well, like when they were banned Trump, that they shouldn't have done that? Like the lawyer who he's like had a go at the 
chief lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what this was. Uh, yeah. That, oh, that's that one. Yeah. He, he just can't help himself on Twitter. Like, <laughs> he's attacking everyone, isn't he? <laughs> I see why he wants to own it. <laughs> they can't shut him down. <laughs> well, not only that, I mean, I guess if you own Twitter, maybe you have a little more checks and balances for when you try to piss off the SEC. Maybe that's what he's hoping for. I don't think so. <laughs> it seems to be like that his main tool for instigating, and it really feels like he just likes to poke at, at the SEC and anybody else who anybody wants, really. I guess, right? Yeah. Well, they're going after him again for the uh, that tweet about him selling all his Tesla shares, ten percent or whatever. I don't know if you saw that because apparently his oh. brothers like sold some before that happened. <laughs> yes, yes, and his brother has had some incredibly lucky streaks when it comes to selling before dumps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he's got to be a really good trader. Yeah, yeah, it seems a bit dodgy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Twitter is still holding pretty well. I guess the buyout price was somewhere around fifty-four twenty. I think. Yeah, Twitter's trading at. I think it closed uh, right at forty-nine. So, I mean, it's still got some room to go up to that final price, but I mean, that's assuming that this deal actually happens. And I think maybe now the market's starting to price in some expectations that maybe something uh, stops it from going through. Yeah, definitely. I was liking this as a short stock uh, until Elon came out and tried to buy it. And that's, <laughs> I think I actually fucked one of my trades. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it came right up to a support at 40 and I was just like, okay, I'm short in here. And then like the next day, like <laughs> the news comes out pre-market and shoots up $8. <laughs> Still got a nice gap to fill down there, but it's uh, right out of support at 48 half to 49. It is also below its 200 day moving average, but I think just about everything is right now. I don't know. There's a whole point in analyzing this. Uh, this is just a play. If you believe the deal is going to happen, then buy it. If not, then short it because if that deal doesn't happen it's going to fill that gap down to 40 again probably go lower than that yeah i think to be fair though they did beat their earnings i'm surprisingly yeah they beat their earnings per share but their uh revenue was a miss oh yeah they missed by about two percent and they had this thing where they counted like three million more active users a day or something oh so they're still growing no well they actually uh miscounted it <laughs> so they over overstated oh. it somehow yeah I think if people have like multiple accounts, so if say if you you were managing your own account plus two balls of the China shop, they would count that as two, even though it's really only one. That sounds like something they would do. <laughs> well, do you have any stocks that you want to look at? Yes, yeah, so I am taking us across the pond to France, actually. <laughs> so Paris, huh? Yeah, Paris. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> Uh, that's as far as my French goes. Me too. <laughs> We're very sophisticated people on this uh, on this podcast. Dan, Dan must be the uh, French speaker, obviously. That's why. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was actually talking about GTT, uh, which is called Gaz Transport et Technigaz, which is uh, listed on Euronext, uh, which is the European exchange. Uh, and it's currently trading at 114.2. Uh, and what it does, it's quite interesting. It's quite a unique sort of opportunity just with, with happening with Russia and gas and oil, uh, gas at the moment. So for anyone who doesn't know, most of European gas comes from Russia through pipelines, uh, which is very efficient. It's a lot easier. Uh, but obviously, Europe's trying to transition away from Russia due to the conflict. So they're actually started to use more ships. So people are actually importing through mm -hmm. shipping from the US, from the Middle East, from other parts of the world, Australia as well, to Europe. And it's quite hard because obviously uh, liquefied natural gas it's got high pressure it's it's very unsafe to carry uh so this company actually <laughs> yeah it's not it's you don't want to uh have an accident with it uh but yeah this uh company they actually designed the storage tanks for 
these ships to hold the liquefied natural gas, mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting. And they they basically have like a monopoly on it. I think they have like forty or fifty percent, maybe not a monopoly, but maybe duopoly. They have a majority of the market share for this specific technology to provide it. Uh, so it's ah, really yeah. So I think it's gone up by quite a lot. It's gone up by sort of a hundred percent since the war broke out, uh, and I could see it going up further as sort of Europe looks for you know other sort of uh exporters to provide their gas and their energy i'm looking at the chart right now and uh i love the way the volume on the green days is way higher it's almost twice as high as the volume on the down days and it's still holding strength even with everything else kind of going to shit and i'm not sure what the paris markets look like in general so i can't really speak to that but seems like it's it's trying to consolidate up here at a kind of a flaggish pattern um i have a support around 102 that looks like it would be a good aggressive spot to try to get in if it comes back down and retest that. Otherwise, there's a really strong support and volume profile ledge that kind of starts around 92. That's interesting. Volume on the whole does seem to be decreasing, so that this move might be starting to run out. So I would try to look for a, a retrace before I try to jump on board. Yeah, definitely. And it's a dividend stock as well. So mm. it's coming up dividend on the 6th of June, so I'm guessing normally sort of stocks go down into dividends. Right. Uh, so that might be a time where it goes down. A little bit, uh, but it has had quite good support on sort of if you look at the four hour 50 EMA, mm-hmm. uh, it sort of bounced off that quite regularly sort of since last year. Right. And when it did break that, it sort of bounced off the 200 EMA. I really like the the strong buying that came in when it dipped down to 105. You can see they closed that candle pretty pretty quickly. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a long wick. Isn't yes, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> very long uh but yeah so that, I, I thought it was just something, something interesting a bit different in a different market uh but yeah it could be a good play maybe not for this sh- for this week maybe for a bit more long yeah yeah. But yeah i want to take a look at altrera group which is uh a stock that i've held in my portfolio for a long time mo i think some of our discord users like this one too at least i know baron really likes it they just reported their earnings the other day and still managing to hold near their highs which is pretty impressive considering the day that you know the markets had or the week the markets have had came down into support around 53 dollars 54 uh, the day of their earnings and then it's pretty much bought right up off of that it did get rejected pretty hard off of 57 today which is not surprising i'm actually more surprised that it pushed up there at any point <laughs> but uh this is one i want to keep an eye on because anything that's showing strength in this market is something to kind of keep an eye on especially if you can break those tops and that is not an all-time high that would be a 52-week high it's reversed its structure from its decline that started back in 2017 if you like dividend stocks this is one that pays six and a half percent so this one's been a really good dividend stock for me over the years yeah well what does it do uh make cigarettes <laughs> okay <laughs> and if you're trying to invest in something that's probably recession proof uh cigarettes probably be one of the ones yeah definitely i think they also make vape sticks and other things now you sinner <laughs> oh i'll try i did used to own craft okay they spun off their stake not too long ago uh 2016 wow that's crazy isn't it <laughs> who would have thought a tobacco <laughs> company would own like craft dinner <laughs> And everything, yeah. Go to uh, diversify your position. <laughs> Should have held on to that. That was a good. <laughs> when they were shilling that their cigarettes are healthy, that's probably what they did. Like, right. Come on, we gotta gotta invest the money. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I'm watching it. this to see if it can break up above 57 because uh, I think if it can do that, then maybe we can work our way up into the distribution up into those 60s. Yeah, well, I think the market's probably, as you said, it really benefits the companies that are making you know 
positive cash flow that are making <laughs> actually have money and probably low debt as well. And also things that people aren't going to cut when they look to cut expenses. People cut you know, their Amazon Prime membership, but people who smoke aren't going to suddenly stop smoking because of the cost. They're going to make that decision for health reasons or something else maybe, but the price isn't what's going to do it. Yeah. To be fair, I think um, <laughs> you keep mentioning Amazon Prime. Oh, I said it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think Amazon Prime is probably stickier than Netflix or Disney Plus. Yeah, Dan and I had this conversation not too long ago about Netflix being like the first on the chopping block of all the services. I like the products that Amazon puts together for their streaming services better than I like the Netflix ones. Yeah, and I think the benefits it provides as well. It provides obviously right next day delivery. Yep, you know. All, all these other things as well mm -hmm. that I'd never use, but apparently I, <laughs> I can use, but I never use. <laughs> What's really nice too is when you uh, when you delay those and say, oh, you can just ship it whenever and give me you know a few extra dollars to spend on something else. I've never had that. I don't know if it's if they do that over here. Maybe they do, and I just normally it's a checkout option. At least over here it is. Yeah, I don't think like so. if you have three items, you can say you know ship it in one box and and I'll take uh, you know like two bucks to spend on this marketplace. They're stealing money from me. That's ridiculous. That's <laughs> from you. Why haven't they told me? <laughs> yeah, from me. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a bit more stickier, but I, I agree. I think, as you said, Netflix is definitely really struggling. Netflix is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's dead. I think it's still got a good offering, but yeah, they just don't make very good products like uh, shows, no. good enough shows. Not only that too, they're also trying to crack down on passwords password sharing that's really what's going to kill them if they try to do that yeah definitely yeah i don't pay for netflix i uh <laughs> right <laughs> i use someone's password so i am screwed yep. <laughs> netflix is going to come for me and knock on the door <laughs> i think we should move on i think we should talk about crypto i got some crypto in my wallet Let's now let's talk about some crypto. So there's been a few interesting sort of things on today and, and the past week. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately for any crypto bull, uh, Jim Cramer, oh, no. the inverse <laughs> indicator. <laughs> so he has actually said that uh, he thinks Ethereum is going to go up by 40%. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, if anyone uh, has been watching Jim Cramer, he's been very wrong. Probably the only person who's been more wrong maybe is Kathy Wood <laughs> over the oh, past <laughs> few months. Uh, but yeah, so he basically thinks Ethereum is going to go up by 40% and it's probably not a good sign. Uh, and then another thing that we were looking at as well is it was actually a big, quite a big hack for one of the biggest NFTs. Uh, so Bored Ape Yacht Club, which <laughs> sounds pretty stupid, but they're worth like some of them worth hundreds of thousands up to a million dollars each for these uh, ape figurines or characters. Huh. Uh, and the hacker sort of hacked into the Instagram, the Twitter and the Discord for uh, sort of the company, mm -hmm. posted this link, people went on there and they connected their wallet to it and they lost all their nfts <laughs> so they actually were still millions of dollars of it <laughs> so how does that work then because i mean like they, they can't like the people who stole it won't be able to like sell it right because uh, those should all be like unique like i thought that's the whole point of an nft was that they're 
like there's a blockchain that records every transaction so they should know exactly what wallet it went to shouldn't they yeah so they do and i guess the for nfts they should be able to track it so it shouldn't be an issue but i guess it's like haha i stole i stole your <laughs> nfts i stole your pictures but, uh, yeah so i don't know the benefit of it, especially for such a big one maybe if it was a smaller one you could probably get away with it right but, you know it's one of the largest it's got like this largest market cap it's got the largest volume uh, of nfts so yeah as you said it's probably unlikely to do that whereas i guess they may have still i think they sold some crypto as well so with that there are ways to sort of get around that which i probably shouldn't talk about on the- <laughs> oh i was gonna ask you how but <laughs> <laughs> well there is <laughs> there's actually something called a tornado uh where i think it's with bitcoin you can actually transfer your bitcoin into it and it just sort of like welds it around together and then you can withdraw your bitcoin and it's like a completely different token and it's just randomized okay so it's basically laundering money for a tool that's used to launder money i mean it sounds like a washing machine for crypto (laughs) it's basically a washing machine don't use it it's probably illegal (laughs) no i'm sure it is and this is why the government wants to uh to regulate exactly and i guess these are the bad stuff like uh you know 99% 99% of people are doing the right thing with crypto. Um, maybe a bit less, but at least 90% are doing the right thing. Maybe even less than that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe less. No, I think there's a lot of good people. Well, there's uh, a lot of good people. But yeah, I guess. There's a lot of shitty people too. Doing bad things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, so that's sort of what I, what's been happening in uh, the crypto markets. In terms of the price, it's sort of quite correlative to the NASDAQ. Uh, so I think what we've seen over the past few years is quite a lot of institutional investors have come in so basically it doesn't move that much different uh it's sort of got like a 60 percent correlation to the nasdaq so oh uh yeah so it's got it's got a higher beta which basically means that it will move at a greater range so if it goes if the nasdaq goes down it will go down more if it goes up it will go up more but yeah they're quite correlative in their movements which is pretty interesting what about uh the correlation to the inflation because i think uh back when we first started the show like the thought was that Bitcoin and Ethereum crypto would basically replace gold as the inflation hedge. But I think as we've seen over the last year, that that may not necessarily be the case. Or it's probably not the case. <laughs> Nothing's done well with inflation, has it? <laughs> really? I guess not. I mean, how's gold done? Uh, it sort of went back up to its highs seen in 2020. But that's the thing. It's like it was already there before inflation occurred. So right. I think, I think it's... Uh, I talked to someone who was talking about a... Uh, precious metals super cycle commodity super cycle that he thinks could be coming up soon but yeah hmm. but not yet but i think i think what people have been saying is it's more related to liquidity in the markets so if there's not a lot of liquidity then people will go to gold right okay um, as as yeah as a sort of a safe storage right um but you know especially if that's in sort of treasury markets and bonds and stuff but yeah we haven't really seen the inflation hedge that people probably wanted no not at all Unfortunately, yeah, it's just sort of been like a, it's almost like a more risky stock investment, basically, crypto. But yeah, I got to look at Ethereum too real quick before, now that Kramer's calling for. Oh yeah, let's have a look. Um, Actually, Ethereum's kind of interesting. If it holds around uh, 28 to 2700, if it holds there, it'd be holding for a higher low. Um, The structure actually maybe looks a bit bullish, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, so that could be really interesting. Uh, obviously, it's down quite a bit from its highs of you know almost five thousand back into the end of the year last year. But since uh, since the end of January, it's 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 got uh, a bullish structure, higher highs, higher lows. Yeah, 
I think what I normally what we normally find is it'll be like Bitcoin will lead and they'll lead the sort of crypto market and then Ethereum will lead. It almost like swaps back and forth, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So like one will go up a lot and then normally what you'll see is in the next few weeks or month, the other will go up a lot and sort of catch up. Oh, oh. it's quite fascinating. Uh, maybe something to watch if you're uh, trading. Look for catch-up plays, huh? Yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> you're probably the you're, you're the expert on technical analysis. So. <laughs> well, technically, Ethereum actually doesn't look terrible, which I was actually kind of surprised. I thought I'd pull up this chart and it looked like murder, like the rest of everything. <laughs> yeah, I think Bitcoin looks pretty similar as well. But uh, they've sort of just been going sideways the past few weeks and months compared to the market. Yeah, Bitcoin's similar, holding holding higher lows. I mean, Bitcoin looks a lot. Uh, a lot more in danger of breaking structure than Ethereum does, but structurally, it seems like it's uh, ever so slightly bullish. Yeah, we'll see. Well, talking about ugly charts, <laughs> let's go to the good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pew, pew. <sighs> <laughs> uh, so what does that mean? Yeah, I go first. Or no, you go first. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, Okay. Since, uh, <laughs> since you're not necessarily trading actively every day, uh, my good, my good for this week, I think, was uh, trimming my BMY calls uh, right before their earnings. Got a nice little pop uh, leading up into the earnings. I had uh, trimmed about fifty percent of my contracts before to lock in some nice profits on it. Uh, still holding half my position going in. I was debating whether or not to try to you know gamble on earnings and then. Looking at the charts, I'm like, this thing's already near all-time highs. Like, why am I taking the risk here? Uh, closed out another you know, quarter of that position, left the rest as runners, but that made that made the trade basically free money. I was able to hold a couple contracts uh, into the earnings to see if uh, you know something, something magical could happen and not actually cost me any money. Uh, the bad was that I didn't trim more <laughs> because uh, earnings... When the stock is sitting you know, near all-time highs with earnings coming up, very rarely does it seem like it ever shoots up more at that point. <laughs> oh, no. That's usually an indication it's about to drop. So ma- the magic didn't happen then? <laughs> no, the magic did not happen. Oh, no. Uh, they are May-dated calls, and I still like BMY for like the long term, but I could have sold them out, bought them back, you know, pennies on the dollar at the open on Friday, but let the greed get to me. And then my ugly for the week, uh, it was really like my last week of trading this month. Um, I had a decent Monday, made a little bit of money, but kind of went downhill from there. The good news is that I did stop after Wednesday, uh, Thursday and Friday. I was just practicing my futures trading on SIM. But I think what ended up happening is uh, getting close to the end of the month and you know, you start thinking about all the bills that you got to pay. I mean, you're trying to rely on this for income and you not ha- haven't had like a great month to start with. Like I was pretty much flat for the whole month. And now I'm thinking about, you know, everything I got to pay and the drawdown that I'm going to be taking. I think that had a much bigger effect on my thought process and my actual trading than I thought, because I was, you know, looking for too big of moves rather than scratching or or taking, you know, just whatever the market was willing to give me. I was trying to push for some of those bigger wins to try to try to have, you know, just a good end of the month. Yeah, I think that's the issue sometimes when you, it's, it might not even be the money. It's just like almost a pride thing, isn't it? You're like, oh, I want to end, end on a good note or something or I want to, Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I found. Sometimes when you're yeah trying to cut something early, like that's that's you admitting that you're wrong and sometimes that's really tough to do. Yeah, exactly. Then you have to take a step back though and remember that this is a game of probabilities as we've said before. Like, you know, you're looking for a 40 to 50% win rate. Like that's what the the best traders do. 
and that it's all about risk management. At least you weren't Bill Ackman who lost $400 million in a few months. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look at the positive. It's definitely positive. Uh, did you do any uh, trading this week? So no, not at the moment. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I used to be like quite into Forex trading and I, I look at equities more on a long-term basis now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sort of graduated uni, so I want to get into it later on. But I was going to talk about a company that I actually mentioned that I liked uh, last time I was on the podcast called Ocado. Oh, yeah. Uh, so O-C-D-D-Y. Uh, last time I was quite rude and mentioned, talked a lot about ugly children, <laughs> about how the chart resembles a... <laughs> ugly child that you know maybe will blossom into someone who is better looking when they're older uh and that hasn't happened yet they're still <laughs> nope they're still at the orphan age waiting to be adopted yeah exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> give you everyone the poppy dog's eyes but no one's biting unfortunately so yeah so it's, it's gone down even further i think we were talking then that there was a good support at about 26 which was the 2020 lows and it's actually gone below that so it's gone back down to where it was in february 19 mm-hmm. uh, and i guess the risk there is maybe because they do have quite a lot of debt so will the cost of the debt you know will they be able to survive through that period but i think they'll be okay and it's it has just bounced off that pretty solid support at sort of 23 dollars um so it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here i think obviously if the if the market keeps going down it's like anything it's just going to probably go down further because it's more of a higher yeah. stock but yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm quite, this is more of a long-term play just in terms of AI and algorithms and uh, they sort of do fulfillment centers for supermarkets. So it'll be interesting to see how it all goes. So so what was your, so your bad was your hot take <laughs> the last time? Yeah, my bad was <laughs> talking about ugly children. Don't do that. It's not nice. <laughs> hey, you owned it. Yeah, exactly. I tried to. It'd be really easy to just never bring that up again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just digging the hole even deeper. <laughs> right. I'll get to the US soon at this rate. Fuck there you go. <laughs> All right. Time to uh, wrap things up with a bet. Yeah. I need it, wanna beat it, gonna win it if I take it from you. I'm filling my position, squitch your bitch, and random's gonna lose. Got a chart full of levels and a stop that's not too tight. It's bet, pick a time in the shop, so pick them right. So, what uh, company are you looking at? Well, I think I have to go with MO, Altera. I keep looking at this chart and I'm like, mm, I like this. I think I like this. Why do you want to, why are you encouraging killing of people? <laughs> I mean, sorry, I'm, that's. Uh, I mean, like, I'll invest in defensive stocks. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, <laughs> I have no morality when it comes to investing. Maybe the money. No, it's interesting. Yeah, no. So, so uh, yeah, yeah. So, I think uh, I think I might try along on this. Um, I'll I'll do it this way though. I'm gonna go half in at the open on Monday, and I'm gonna save my other half to add if it gets back to fifty four. And then I'll put my stop loss at, say, 52. I think that looks okay. like a decent area. Drops below 52. I'll just admit that I'm wrong and get the hell out. Yeah, that's above the daily 50 EMA as well. So that could be a good support. And then if I want take profits. Oh, this below, sorry. Yeah. I think uh, we'll just uh, we'll do a take profit at 60. 
going to blue ocean territory <laughs> don't know there's no, no price information <laughs> no no there's uh if you go back to 16 it was it was up yeah. there before that, that's kind of right in the middle of the distribution range i figure if it gets up into that range then that's a decent area to try to peel it off mine keeps saying it's at the all-time highs uh no 52 week high oh yeah it sort of just bounced off it didn't it yeah all-time high is at 70 just below 78 oh i must have the wrong chart up but yeah anyway you got to zoom out to get to that far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm zooming. I'm zooming. <laughs> well, my uh, I'm going to step in for Dan. So sorry, Dan, if it <laughs> absolutely <laughs> destroy your record. Uh, it'll be a good start to the week anyway. Yeah. What are you going for? Uh, so I was looking at Spotify, actually. Uh, Shopify, sorry. Not Spotify. Shopify. Yeah, which has been doing very poorly. Uh, it's <laughs> down over close to 70%, I think, uh, over the past five, six months, which is pretty crazy to think. Uh, and I'm obviously going to do a short. So I'm looking at so probably about 500. So at the moment, the price is at about 424. I think it's going to potentially bounce back up to 500. So I want the short to be from there. And okay. I think my price target would be, I don't know, it could go down so far, but I guess even just 360 is like a pretty good return. Yeah. That's yeah. If you're shorting from 500 to 360, that's really yeah. good. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> Take that and run. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Uh, probably the stop loss would be. So I'm in at 500. Probably stop loss about 550. So I guess that's the thing. It's going to be a bit, you know, maybe a smaller amount of in the trade, a bit bigger stop loss, just because it's such a high, highly volatile stock. So I want to hedge my risk there. But yeah, it should be interesting. It's still sort of a 2.8 uh, risk reward ratio. Yeah, I like it. I like it too because it has earnings and go either way. So Dan could either be uh, out of it. <laughs> Dan's going to be either running away, winning, or out of it by the uh, <laughs> by Friday, I think. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll, to be fair, and, and oh, I said it again. I do like the company. <laughs> what have you done to me? I, oh, I really like the company, but yeah, it's just a horrible market and a horrible chart. <laughs> well, going short is probably the way to go. Yeah, definitely. All right. Should we see a random stock? Yeah. Random, what you got? All right, random has Goler LNG Limited, GLNG. When does a robot voice come? What's that? We need like a robot voice for random. Oh, right. <laughs> I hope we can get a filter for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does random do this? I don't understand. Like it's grabbing a stock that's like on just a beautiful bullish move uh, that's also happened to pull right back into uh, the, the 3450 EMA cloud, which is like the spot that you want to get for pullbacks uh, fuck fuck random i hate random <laughs> <laughs> go away random why did we even start him ah <laughs> uh, damn it this stock looks really good i might actually just pick up some calls on this monday it open yeah i guess that's a good thing at least you <laughs> spinning the wheel and seeing <laughs> i might as well make some money on random while he's kicking our ass <laughs> don't, you, don't jinx him like that come on <laughs> all right what is this glng Oh, man. All right. You made it. We made it to the end. Thank you for putting up with me. For <laughs> oh, Thanks for filling in. Uh, it was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, no no problem. Thanks for having me. Fourth time. I can't believe it. So uh <laughs> going to have to come back for the fifth. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. What's the plan for the next one? If if you want me back. Well, now we got to do a six-part trilogy, right? Oh, God. Make the... And then we have to do the nine and then... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so, so what would we be? Would we be like a Phantoms Menace now, or would it be a? Oh God, no, we're <laughs> just skipping, we're that. skipping that whole series. This is uh, this is the new Jurassic Park. So I enjoyed those exciting times. So yeah, all right, folks, that brings us to the end of the episode. So thanks for coming by. But we're closing up the shop. Get out. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'll be like one of those retailers who just like stands at the door, like staring at you, like get out of yeah. my shop. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> just suspiciously eyeing teenagers for no reason other than profiling. <laughs> <laughs> Locking the doors. <laughs> it's like, if you don't leave now, I'll lock you in. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back with you soon. And until then, happy trades. And you'll have Dan back after. So no, no. <laughs> Next week, we got Sarah Glass filling in. Oh, Sarah Glass. Exciting times. Mm-hmm. Yep, another Trade Pro alumni. But anyway, thanks everyone. All right, <laughs> bye folks. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.